I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, what's up and welcome to Serious Issues. We are a weekly comic book podcast coming to you from King's Comics in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. My name is Siobhan Coons. And this is the second time we tried to do the intro today and I think we nailed it. Killed it. Uh, Way better than the first time. On the episode of the Serious Issues that you're going to listen to right now, we're going to review all of last week's comics like we do every single week. And Siobhan, would you say that last week was the best week of comics in all history? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, me, me you neither. would. Me neither. Why would I? I don't know. You always do that. <laughs> uh, I, I thought it would be a fun ongoing investigation because imagine if one week it is. Yeah, imagine. So I'm, I'm going to ask that question at the start of every episode oh, nice, from excellent. now on. I can't wait. It's canon, guys. Uh, we start off every episode by reviewing all of the brand new number ones, and we're going to do that right now in this little segment we call First Things First. Actually, we're going to start off by reviewing a zero. <laughs> zero things, zero. Zero things, nothing. <laughs> uh, Inhumans versus X-Men. The event no one wanted and no one is waiting for. And after reading this issue, I, I want it even less. Uh, this was it was ri- all right. Written by uh, Charles Soule with uh, art by Kenneth Rockefort. Kenneth Rockefort is very good, though. He is very good. I think his uh, style is much more suited to the big... Uh, intergalactic space stuff like we saw in the Ultimates. Yeah, he's not really getting a chance to like um, all the sort of cool, fun panel layouts that he was doing on Ultimates and all the big, crazy space stuff. He's not really getting an opportunity to do this, but he does draw um, Beast taking a selfie, which was pretty adorable. (laughs) I love that Beast is like, no, look at how great technology is because I can take a selfie and send it to people all around the world. Beast, what kind of scientist are you? A terrible one. So, beyond Beast taking pictures of himself uh, using incredible technology in 2016, uh, this is the event that pits the Inhumans against the X-Men. We know that the X-Men are going to be victorious because there's a massive relaunch of uh, X-Men books uh, Mm. coming early next year, which is kind of exciting. Uh, (laughs) But in order to be rewarded with those books, we have to endure this event uh, in which... Uh, after the Terrigen Mists claimed Cyclops, this is Emma Frost kind of going behind everyone's back and, and slowly recruiting everyone without actually telling them what what that what she wants them to yeah, do. Yeah, I love that. She's just going up to people and being like, can I count on you? And they're like, for what? She's like, nice. See you in the <laughs> You're war. You're in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, 
event issues, events are tedious, and zero issues are the most tedious issues of the events. So this yeah. is a uh, this gets ten tediums out of out of a hundred. Um, I think I think the thing that's frustrating is because this isn't this isn't a comic that someone was like, I have a brilliant idea of what we can do with these characters. This is an event that has been like. It's an editorially mandated, you know? It's like, oh, and people so it's tolerated Avengers versus X-Men. <laughs> I wonder what they'll do when we do in Humans versus X-Men. Oh, there's so much. And there's a lot there's a lot that was confusing in this issue as well. Like what? Like, what's this? What's that? What's that? It's Beast's head with uh, a vision of the future or a vision of the past? And I don't know. He's, yeah, he's, Beast is... Beast, is, Beast kind of gets a vision. Because he, he's, he's, he's helping the Inhumans try and figure out how to make the Terrigen Mists, which give Inhumans their powers, how to make them not lethal to to mutants. Uh, and he discovers something on the Savage Land that is frightening uh, in terms of the future of, of mutants. Ugh, yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's how confusing and, like, not exciting this whole comic is. I think that the best thing about it is it's a much better characterization of Emma Frost than I've seen in a minute. I think that Charles Sewell kind of gets her and writes her pretty well. And I really like there's a whole sequence of her trying to speed up her diamond, like, transition. So she's jumping <laughs> jumping off a cliff and then changing into a diamond form at, like, the last second. That's kind of cool. It's, like, yeah, an interesting thing. Yeah, I was thing. into that. Uh, also, uh, Magneto's kind of base now, like, rests on, like, a tiny pinhead. Like, it's an oh, enormous yeah. rock. Yeah, balancing. Yeah. Kind of that's fun. fun, I guess. That's fun, I guess. I'm really, really clutching at straws here. I almost fi- I finished this issue and was like, huh, well, that's that, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If I was mature, I would tap out of this event already and then not spend the next... I think this goes till fucking May. So I, I, I would not spend the next six months complaining about this every other week. But uh, I'm not mature. I enjoy no. <laughs> complaining about things. It's so part, we'll it's part of comics. Like, it's also- we celebrate comics, but... You know the, the the big two make as many mistakes as they do uh, good good decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And this definitely falls into the former. And I mean, if you're if you are an X Men fan, but you've been out of X Men for a couple of years, this is not something that's going to bring you back into the fold. This is an X Men universe in which there's two beasts walking around, and you have to be like, which beast are we talking well, about? Well, and, and neither of them look like the beast that I like, which is the big furry cat guy. Oh, like, never mind. I actually quite like the way Rockefort draws. Like, like cat beast. Is he? He's not, he's no, he's not like a cat. He's not a cat anymore. He's like a gorilla. He's more of an ape. I guess. Yeah, they sort of. Bender's fucked it <laughs> again. <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> if I, I was thinking the other day, if you could go back in time and and uh, like erase a Bender's plot point, what would you do? Just one. <laughs> like a, um, I would I would make it so. It's it's because it, 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 you have to make it work in continuity. So I would make it so this this. This uh, mutation of Beast isn't actually Beast. It's someone pretending to be Beast. And he cloned himself from Beast. And then it turns out that he actually cloned the time-displaced X-Men. Because I'm fucking sick of the time-displaced X-Men. Get rid of that. Erase it. Get rid of him. Uh, yeah, I, I like the redesign of all the new X-Men, though. It's because Jamie McKelvey did them. Yeah. And that looks really sick. Um, if you haven't seen it, that's the... Like the Jean Grey title, and also the I can't I don't know what the new X Men title, but the X Men X Men Blue, the, yeah, whatever they are. X Men Heart Silver, the original time displaced X Men Go, X Men <laughs> Snap. I'm just knowing Pokemon games now. <laughs> X Men Mystery Dungeon Two. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I feel like if I could, I 
the last time I really remember enjoying an X-Men comic was Wolverine and the X-Men. Jason Aaron. That is exactly run. what X-Men so should be. With Wolverine headmaster. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Dupe. All yeah. of the... All the good shit. Apparently, nonsense. we don't. I, I, I tap into it every now and then, but we're not reading Old Man Logan, and apparently that's wonderful. Yeah, people, people, people have been yelling at me because I don't read it. But I didn't like the original Old Man Logan comic. So what is this gonna? I liked that one fine, the Mike Miller one, but I, oh, I didn't, I didn't like the Brian Bendis. Uh, uh, he did like a Secret Wars, but Battle World cross in, which he kind of re- brought back that universe. And, yeah, and, and then this, and so the Lemire comic that everyone likes spins out of that, and I was like, I don't didn't read the Bendis yeah. thing. I don't, I don't want more of this. L- liter- <laughs> controversial opinion, but the only situation in which Wolverine works and the only time when he is interesting or compelling as a character is when he is paired up with a young girl. Or just children. Like nah, him- specifically. <laughs> I like him with Jubilee. All I like right. him with Kitty Pride. I like him with Armor. That's it. The rest of the time, Wolverine sucks. What about Quentin Choir? <laughs> oh, that's true. That's that a good team cute. up. That was a fun team up. I love Quentin Quire. So, yeah, in humans versus X-Men, zero, an apt number for the score that I give it. <laughs> oh, I feel, I feel so bad for Charles Saul because he's, so, he's, like, he's so capable. He's such a good writer, and he's doing the best with what he's got. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I want him to be writing books that he actually wants to write. Though. Yeah, bring back She-Hulk. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, just, just give him a lawyer. Any, yeah, any, Matt ma- Murdock. Or just you know, make, make Captain America a lawyer now. <laughs> give everyone a lawyer Make everyone a lawyer Perfect uh, So this is a fifth week of the month Which is an off week uh, in, in the comics world And uh, Marvel have enough books To give you a lot of good stuff On a, on a fifth week But DC Pumped out a couple annuals mm. So we're going to review The Batman annual The Superman annual And then a new talent showcase Let's start with the Batman annual Because uh, there, there are two kinds of ways You can do an annual mm. uh, Annuals are pretty much by and by unnecessary. Um, they Absolutely. did used to tie into main stories, even as like early like far back as like five years ago. You the annual would actually be just the next issue, except it would be a, like a bulkier issue. Yeah, I don't like. I don't necessarily like it when the annual ties into the main story because it's usually a much bigger, more expensive issue, mm. and it seems unfair to um, force people to buy that when um, it might not have you know. Totally. To, to pay yeah. an extra $2 for their comic just because it's got supplementary stories exactly. at the end of it. There are, have been some good annuals, but uh, there are two formats people take. Either it's a story that doesn't really have anything to do with the run, but they bulk it out and it's like, you know, a, a, just a kind of bigger one and done mm-hmm. story, which is what the Superman annual did. Or you just get a bunch of creators to do shorter stories and make an, like an anthology, which it's is a what Batman, Batman did. A little Batman anthology. Lovely. So, Batman annual uh, has stories by Tom King, uh, Scott Snyder, Ray Fawkes, Paul Dini, Steve Orlando. Um, oh, which one was the Paul Dini story? He wrote the Harley Quinn one. Oh, God. <laughs> um, it's what also uh, Scott Brian Wilson. Uh, Bill Chris Everly on, on art on one of them. You've got Declan Shalvey, um, David Finch, um, Neil Adams, um, Jordi Belletti colors on some of them. It, 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 what I was trying to say is there's an incredible lineup of talent Absolutely. on this annual. Uh, and so there are six stories in this. And the first one is by Tom King and David Finch. And it's great. It's all about Brilliant. Ace the Bat Hound. The, or- the all-new origin story for Batman's dog. is a very gritty origin story for Ace the Bat-Hound. But it, yeah, like he's, but it ends sweet he, in a very Tom King kind of fashion. He's basically being raised by the Joker and, and, uh, uh, as a racing dog. Um, <laughs> and they find him in a lair and, and um, Alfred's determined to rehabilitate this dog into a faithful Bat-Hound. And this is like what he does. Uh, it's a really, really sweet story. Um, and 
even features Batman like doing doggy talk to a yeah. dog, which is, <laughs> that's which is really great. Funny. I feel like very out of character for Batman to be like, "Yes, you pretty little doggy," but still kind of cute. Yeah, but I feel like even the the, the grizzliest of men talk to uh, <laughs> talk to talk puppies, to, talk like, to puppies that. like that. That's true. So that was that's a really great start to this, and then it kind of just gets worse as it continues. I really like the the Scott the Scott Snyder duck. Declan Shelby story, yeah, mostly because Declan Shelby. Yeah, but also that's the second a, story, so that's still quite good. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then when we get to the, like, I like Neil Adams' sure. classic work as much as the rest of us, but we all have to agree that his book is like borderline unreadable these days. Like that is this. Harley we all Quinn have story. to agree, everybody. We all, we have, all have to agree, agree. <laughs> and I will kill you if you don't. Um, it's just really. How is it? It's a confusing issue. Oh, I forgot Harley to mention it. This whole thing, this whole annual is Christmas themed. Oh, yes. And there obviously. have been some great uh, Christmas Batman tales. Um, the, in fact, one written by Paul Dini in which um, uh, the Joker picks up Robin, Tim mm. Drake, and they drive through a shopping mall on Christmas oh, yeah. Eve. I like the one. Is it? I can never remember. Was it an animated episode or was it an actual comic where Red Tornado <laughs> teaches Batman about the spirit of Christmas? I think that was um, Batman Brave and the Bold episode. Was it? Man. Maybe. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I love Robots I love with Feelings. That series is great. Um, so yeah, the, uh, Paul Dini writes a Harley Quinn and Batman story, but it's kind of like a mix between the, the Harley Quinn that Paul Dini created and what she is now. So it's almost bearable. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? As a characterization of Harley, it's actually one I really don't mind. If she was like this all the time, I'd yep. be so fine with that. The the Scott Snyder and Declan Shalvey comic is uh, is this kind of cute, held back kind of nice mm. nice tale about gymnasts at, gymnasts at Christmas that are uh, that, that Batman thinks may be criminals, but they're not. It's, uh, just, a, it's just a flash mob, guys. Yeah, <laughs> you remember those? They, they just caught on in, in Gotham. <laughs> Um, I, what, what song do you reckon was playing when they did the flash mob? The Bat Dance? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Then <laughs> um, things take a turn in a big way because even like yeah, like the Neil Adams and Paul Dini, like it's not, it's not for not, not for me. I don't care. Yeah, it was yeah, still yeah. readable. It was fine. Do you remember what was that weird Neil Adams Batman book from a couple Odyssey. of years ago? Batman that Odyssey. Was so weird. That was such a weird book, guys. Uh, but the next the next tale is uh, penned by Steve Orlando, who I feel like every time I review one of his things now, I'm like, I really liked his Midnighter book, but <laughs> we didn't really like his Batman and the Monster Men crossover, no. and this feels I don't know, just I just feel like he doesn't really nail the tone, and I really really want to like Steve Orlando. I, I even know. I even liked his weird little backup stories in the Power Rangers books, but uh, I just feel like you know he, he's he's being given a lot of stuff at DC now, um, yeah. off the back of how good that Midnighter run was. Mm. Um, and I, deservedly so, but I haven't really liked anything he's done since then. Uh, he just, I think it's a, his dialogue. I, like his dialogue sounded great coming out of like the quippy yeah, m- and sure himself uh, Midnighter, but it doesn't really work for anyone, any other character that he writes. That's, that's a bit broad, but yeah, this is, this is a tease for, for a, I guess what must be the next big story that Steve Orlando is going to tell in the Batman universe called Stag. Yeah. With a scary... A scary guy in a mask, killing a guy. killing a nice old guy that Bruce Wayne likes. Yeah, don't. I mean, be a- always good when they when they introduce a nice old man in um, Gotham, and you've never heard of him before. He is going to die, yeah. or he's going to be the bad guy. Looking <laughs> at you, hush. Um, I like two things I liked in this comic. Number one, they reference Lord Deathman, who's a character who exists in the Batmanga universe. Mm-hmm. I would love it if he crossed over into mainstream Batman comics. Um, he was in, um, and I like Riley Ross Morrison's run. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I need to go back and yeah. reread that. 
Um, I like the art on this as well. I think Riley Riley Rossmo is um, yeah really a good great. young talent, and the the art by Billquist Everly also Probably very my favorite, very nice. One of my favorite like some of my favorite art in this book was by Billquist Everly. But that story is is it starts out really great, but then it just kind of peters into a mess. It's about some character called Haunter. Um, I don't know. Blah blah. blah. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, happy Christmas to the Batman annual. Uh, <laughs> worth picking up for the Tom King story alone, and Absolutely. then you will find yourself enjoying the other stories less and less so as you move forward in it. <laughs> but hey, most Batman is good Batman. Exactly. Uh, the Superman annual, on the other hand, is written by uh, Pete Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, who are doing uh, the current run that we love. Uh, art on this one is by one of the regular fill-in artists, um, Jorge Jimenez. And I believe he is the artist on Super Sons, which Pete Patrick Tomasi, Peter Tomasi is, uh, is is writing too. Great, great choice for that. Man. I think his style will really suit it. This is just like a showcase for how good of an artist he is. Absolutely. Um, he's someone that whose name I always see on kind of like doing fill-ins, fill-in issues, and I, and I always enjoy it. This is like just an absolute like powerhouse of like really dynamic layouts and... Uh, He's being allowed to draw some really cool stuff. Basically, this is like a battle, a long, drawn-out, unnecessary battle between Swamp Thing and, and Superman. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where, like, you know, they're not quite friends yet because this is the, 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 the new Superman from the old universe and him being there is affecting the green, which what Swamp Thing is uh, a part of. And uh, before, like, he basically kind of tries to help Superman, but then Superman decides to fight him. And then Swamp Thing makes like fucking 10 of himself mm. and they all fight Superman. It's a real cool battle. And then uh, the problem that was uh, introduced in this book is, is quickly resolved by the end. And it's uh, a classic one and done annual. I really like this. I, I, I was completely unnecessary, but it's fine to read books like this, that when, when, especially when they look this good. Totally. And it has some like, I feel like this is um, nice tone, like touches of um, Frank Quietly's sort of run on. Um, Superman, the way that Jimenez kind of draws, there's some really amazing splash pages in this that I really enjoyed. It's one of those stories that's kind of about like feelings <laughs> in the end, you know, feelings. it's like a battle that is solved by like knowing each other better and being friends and that kind of stuff. But um, I still, still good fun. Yeah. Still a nice, nice issue. I'm always happy to get more Gleason into Marcy Superman. I think he is the best character being written in DC right now after Wonder Woman. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know about that, but probably. Who else? What else did you know. say? But I just haven't thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> you can think about that uh, this, 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 this week because we're doing uh, a big survey. Mm-hmm. We want to know which of your which comics have been your favorite of the 2016. It's the first ever Serious Issues Awards for 2016. Uh, the easiest way to go and vote is to head to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. You can vote for everything from the best writer, the best Marvel series, best DC series, best image series, best artist. There's like 20 awards in there. You could even vote for your favorite Serious Issues host. Vote Vaughn. Well, I mean, that's clearly what everyone's doing. I'm getting <laughs> creamed in this, but uh, to be honest, I want you to win. I'm, uh, As do we all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, head to facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast. Go find the survey and vote. And we're going to, of course, have the big announcement, our first ever live episode mm. at Hudson Ballroom on the 15th of December. Details are on our Facebook page as well. Uh, go check it out. We would love to see you in person. We're going to talk about that Absolutely. later in the show. New Talent Showcase number one from DC. $7.99, this big, thick book uh, cost. Mm. Money well spent, Siobhan? Look, I, I mean, I... <laughs> It seems a little bit ludicrous for DC to put that kind of price on a comic that is ostensibly about like introducing you to new comic creators. Um, but I, I enjoyed this, you know. It's I I think it's a 
great thing that DC are doing, trying to get, um, you know, trying to support new rising talent. I think that's really good fun. And I think that there were some good stories in this. There were some good starts to stories. And unfortunately, yeah. they that's all we're going to get. So basically, it's, it's an anthology of... Uh, of new stories, the beginnings of stories. Yeah, ones that were worked on at a DC Now do these kind of new talent workshop course things. Where Scott where Snyder works with writers. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee works with artists. And Klaus Janssen, who did the cover. Um, Andy Cubitt is there as well. Um, Scott Snyder's writing advice would have been, okay, every single story has to have the first person narration Um and like, and way too much exposition for a yeah. story that we're not even going to see the beginning, let alone the middle of. So basically, yeah. we, we get like six pages of new stories featuring, you know, Hellblazer, um, Dead Man, Kyle Rayner, Wonder Woman, Cassandra Kane. No, uh, sorry, Cassandra. I don't can't remember her last name. The Wonder Girl, Wonder Girl, Cassandra. Sounds Mark. There we go. <laughs> well done. Uh, a Harley Quinn book as well. Uh, the Superman story, uh, and for the most, it's there are some definitely some some new creators in this. But there's also like like Joelle Jones wrote a yeah, story, I know. and you know she has trades out. Yeah, and she's very Sabella, established. Who Christopher works on heaps of stuff. Yeah, uh, and the funny thing is, those stories I think are the strongest stories. Yeah, um, there's some great art too, by also some pretty um, like Bajenda and. Uh, who else is on here? Messina. Like, like there, there are hmm. some pretty well-established artists working on this too. Um, I, I, I definitely think there were some cool ideas in here. The Dead Absolutely. Man story by Chris Sabella was probably my favorite. Um, with art by David Messina. Mm-hmm. Again, two pretty established talents. Yeah, um, but uh, I liked. I, I really enjoyed the Wonder Woman Catwoman story. That's yes, a fun. That's a fun team up. Definitely I feel like I've agree. never seen that. That was really cool. Who wrote that one? Like, is that Joel Jones? I don't know. No, it's Emma Beebe. There, there you go. go. That's go. It. And, 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 and Mink Yu Jung. I don't know who that is on art either. So th- th- those are some, there is some new talent on display. Totally. But I just don't understand why why they would have them. Like, there, there's a lot of exposition. That, that This is the start of some big stories that we're mm. never going to see any more of. It's really strange to me. And almost in, like, a slightly disappointing way. Like, there were tons of these stories that I was like, oh, that's actually really good. And I would really like to know what happens next. But I, I understand why they did it like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would kind of rather them do like the like the stories that we saw in the Batman anthology, the Batman annual this year. Where it's like you know it has an endpoint. Yeah, it does make it, it would have been cool because I think I think one of the most exciting things in comics is when you can tell a complete story in only a few pages, mm-hmm. um, and that would have been really impressive to see because I think that's something that takes a huge amount of skill and work. Um, but I, I, for the most part, I really enjoyed this. Okay. Agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> uh, over to Marvel right now for uh, a number one of uh, a character who I've been really enjoying watching on television this year, and that is Robbie Reyes, um, a.k.a. the Ghost Rider, a.k.a. the Ghost Driver, because yep. he has a car, and uh, it's sick, and he catches up head on fire. Uh, <laughs> there was a really great run featuring this character, which was introduced, written by Philip, Philip Smith, with art by our beloved Trad Moore. Um, he did the first four issues of that, and they were unbelievable. Some of the best yeah, art of last year. And one of like, I'm I am not a Ghost Rider fan. It's all a little bit too like chains and metal for me. Um, but I f- I flippin' loved that series so much. I thought it was a character with like real heart and real history and real um, 
yeah, I just thought it was like a brilliant new character, and it, th- like I couldn't believe that Ghost Rider was a comic that I was like really enjoying. Really so, recommending. So did you stick with it after Tradmore left? I didn't really. I thought that it kind of like I mean it just lost a bit of the magic. Like Tradmore was the best. Oh, so he Tradmore. Let's talk about the backup first. Tradmore does the backup, and it is great. It's as yes, good as it was. It's, oh my god! He draws like a, a hilariously uh, muscly. A uh, woman who comes in a t-shirt that says "Shut up and lift" that kind of antagonizes uh, Robbie, um, and then of course when when he does the transition over to to, uh, to Ghost Rider, oh man, the lines of fire, and uh, this 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 muscly woman has a she rides a skateboard and she makes blue lines. So there's big orange lines of fire and then big blue lines of I don't know speed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this the, the backup is the reason I picked this up. Yeah, look, I mean, the backup is definitely, you just can't, I mean, how can you compare anyone else to Tradmore? He's so perfect for this series. It makes so much sense to have him there because he's, like, young and seems to understand the kind of culture that the the character exists in. And you just, his his work is so, so beautiful. But the actual issue, the bulk of the issue, which is uh, written by Philippe Smith with art by... uh, Danilo S. Beirut. The art is fine. The story is baffling because Ghost Rider features in less than half of this book. In fact, the main character of this story is the totally awesome Hulk. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's a really weird rendition of him at that. Yeah, um, it's a very sassy Amadeus show. But yeah. I guess he's pretty sassy. And it's him trying to like take down this like weird little alien. He doesn't cross over with Ghost Rider at any point. And then there's a weird, like, crossover with Wef- um, X-23. X-23 at the end as well. We, who, you just see her in the background having tacos with Gabby. <laughs> well, um, girls, check out how hot Robbie Reyes is. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- this was not what I wanted. I was, like, excited to kind of read new stories featuring this character because he's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the moment, and it's, like, the best thing that series has ever done. Mm. They're actually doing great Ghost Rider stuff with this character. And I was like, oh, what a perfect time to reintroduce him to the comics. And uh, I don't think I'm going to read any more of this. I am. I I still enjoyed it, to be honest. I know that it was like a bit weird, but I'm I have enough faith in Philippe Smith and how he writes the character to see where it's going. Mm-hmm. And I sort of think that's a fun crossover of weird new generation Marvel characters of this version of Ghost Rider with this version of Hulk and this version of Wolverine. Yeah, I didn't like think about that's it a like funny that. like yeah. that's that's interesting, and but- I'm so keen to see how they how they cross over. The parts that feature Ghost Rider and especially the stuff where it's Robbie and his little brother Gabe, those mm. scenes are great, as good yeah. as they were in the first series. But I just... It makes yeah. me so emotional every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it, He writes it so well. Um, yeah, I'd be interested because it's, it's, um, it's very rare to see disability representation in comics. Um, and it'd be interesting. I wonder if Philip Smith has, has a family member. With disabilities. Because mm. so, he, he so writes it very personally and very yeah. positively and very accurately, in my experience. Uh, yeah. So, I really liked that part. So, And I, you know, I pretty much liked any part that, that Ghost Rider is in. Hopefully, he'll just be in more of it next time. Yeah. I'm not sold on Totally Awesome Hulk. I like the Totally Awesome Hulk. I he's awesome. He's, I think he's totally not awesome. Oh, my God. Did, did you, you even read that? this week's issue? It was good. Okay. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, did you read Mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command? <laughs> For some reason, I did. What the fuck happened in this book? What is this comic? I don't understand. Was uh, this... Uh, this is... Because this is based... Like, this is another one that's based on a toy. Yep. And they're involved in the Transformers universe. Yeah. So, the, the, the 
co- coincidentally, uh, the what's that big stupid event that I've been reading? Revolution, Revolution. ended this week. And man, this just made less and less sense <laughs> as it continued. So I read both of these, um, you know, thinking, oh, now that I've been very confused while reading Revolution, which is the uh, big crossover book that, that teams up the Transformers with G.I. Joe, with Mask, with the Micronauts, with Action Man, with Rom the Space Knight. Mm. How could that possibly be confusing? I don't know. But uh, Mask were like definitely the ones that I knew the least about. Um, I, uh, did they have a cartoon series, Jim, or something like that? Yes, they did. A cartoon series and uh, and obviously a toy line. I can't work out. They they have like mechs, but or like, can they? They're kind of transformery, but they're but they're people in there. So the pa- uh, the powers come uh. from their masks. That explains the team name. <laughs> That's about all it explains. That's it. Yeah, but th- this comic was like just disastrously hard to follow. It was just like, I think it's one of those ones that if you don't have a real nostalgic affection for that toy line, this just isn't for you. Because it, like, it was a fairly average like team get the gang together, we're a new superhero team, everyone hates us for some reason kind of thing (laughs) the only girl on the team is a sexy hot babe obviously um hey man there was a sexy hot babe toy so there's a sexy hot babe in the comics that's how it works don't change my history and fuck up my childhood i like my toys with tits all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so i will best thing about this comic is the cover by um Tommy Lee Edwards. Uh, Tommy Lee Edwards. Yeah, it's a great cover. And he, and he writes about how important Mask was to him when he was when he was little. Yeah, which is, funny. Which is like that makes me think that like for people who remember these toys, you should pick up this comic. But everyone else, maybe maybe don't. I don't know. Maybe you don't just, worry. Maybe about just it. pick up more toys and play with the toys instead. <laughs> I don't know. Make uh, your own comics. I I actually really liked the um the Action Man comic that I yeah, 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 started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a more simple concept it. to be like, he's a man who likes action. That's not, we can that's all not, We can all get behind that, right? <laughs> There's more to him than that, Shimon. Isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> it's pretty much just James Bond. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Man who likes action. <laughs> of you course. Know what I said? <laughs> uh, did you read Savage? I the sure new did. comic from Valiant this week, written by B. Claymore, with art by Clayton Henry and Luis La Rosa. Um... This is, uh, I don't know if you remember the Valiant comics, but I do know that they used to put out Turok, the, the, the dinosaur hunter mm. comics um, back in the day. And uh, obviously Turok was not their license. It belongs to someone else. Um, so they're kind of, I'm not sure if Savage is kind of meant to recreate the, the vibe of what those comics felt like, but Savage is about a boy who's been deserted by his parents on an island filled with dinosaurs. Classic. What a, why do all superhero comics have a dinosaur dinosaur island? That's right. Everyone's just the like best. that's a sick concept. What else? What else are you going to put up dinosaurs? You're yeah, going to put them true. in a high rise? I would read. I read <laughs> read a comic called Dinosaur High Rise. Just pointing it out there. IDW, who will inevitably be the ones to put this comic out. <laughs> that's actually that's actually a great concept. <laughs> um, so this is uh, very much an origin story of this savage kid. We we have like it starts with. Uh, Seeing present day him kind of surviving, taking on dinosaurs, stealing their eggs, and then going back to his little shanty. But then we flash back to his parents and how they end up marooned on this island. His father yeah. is, is a uh, is a uh, a soccer star Made with a, a waning player. career, um, and uh, his his wife is a. I mean, she she's, she's not, just she's. I think her character is she's a bitch. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um. 
I am such an idiot because I didn't make the connection between those. I didn't realize that the savage kid was the baby in this story. I was like, these are two totally disconnected stories. That's weird, but I enjoyed it. So that's cool. Oh, until then, I just yeah, until you just then, oh until God. you just told me Siobhan. that. Siobhan. Siobhan. <laughs> you're like, oh, cool. They're going to land on the savage planet. And, and then that kid's going to help them. Yeah, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna teach, they're going to teach the kid how to play soccer. <laughs> that's how they're going to be I rich love- again. <laughs> I thought the savage kid was going to save them from dinosaurs. Um, this is a really well well put together comic. I'm, Absolutely. I'm definitely going to read the next next issue. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. Um, I always want to read more Valiant stuff, but sometimes I get overwhelmed and confused by all of the kind of bloodshot and all those characters who have a lot of history. So a new number one is a fun place to jump in. And because this is seems totally disconnected from every other Valiant book so far, it's a great jumping on point um, for people who want to get more into the Valiant universe. The art's great. The story story was really fun despite my not being able to um, make connections <laughs> between the two the two sort of halves it is easy to follow um and cool dinosaurs yeah definitely i love dinosaurs um the didn't you what you didn't even realize that 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 when they said that their last name was solvent oh, i really like i mean i was like oh that's a funny coincidence <laughs> there are no coincidences in the kid in the beginning wasn't like my full name is whatever savage <laughs> Um, he was too busy killing dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Definitely read this. We got criticised by um, by a lot of Tons people, of people. <laughs> for, for not putting any Valiant books in our awards, which we, was a mistake. Um, I, for, I forgot. I should have put the uh, Divinity Divinity Mini that number was so two good. Mini by Matt Kent in there. That, that was really good. I the Divinity up, comics. We all make mistakes. Everybody heaps worth checking out, guys. especially me. Especially uh, so yeah, I, I, like Savage is almost one of the better number ones I've read this year. So Absolutely. I highly recommend it from both of us for sure. Uh, I also read Red Agent, The Human Order, which is a Xenoscope book. Did you read this one, Siobhan? I did. Uh, so this is in the grim... Well, I sort of read half of it, and then I was like, this is so confusing. So if you don't know, the sort of grim fairy tales universe is... Um, what if fairy tales when... We're sexy. We're now and sexy. So like, sexy assassin Cinderella, which doesn't make any sense and has nothing to do with it. Um, so this is... Red Riding Hood, but she's not... This isn't your granddad's Red Riding Hood because on the front cover, you can see her butt and her boobs. <laughs> Which is the ideal position for fighting vampires. Yeah, absolutely. Leave your fleshy bits um, open. Um, yeah, this... Th- apparently, open. Th- appara- apparently, this is a, uh, a long-standing beloved character in the Grim Fairy Tale universe, so I didn't understand anything that happened in this comic. Me neither. If you were looking for, like, awesome, I've been wanting to get into Grim Fairy Tales for ages. Now I'm... I love seeing boobs and, and butts at the same time. <laughs> this, like, it didn't make any sense. Red Riding Hood is a half werewolf assassin who works for some weird agency, and then there was a person who's now a robot. It didn't make any sense. If you like Grim Fairy Tales and you're into the universe, probably, you'll, you'll get more out of this than we did. So that is First Things First, all of last week's number ones reviewed for your pleasure. Hopefully you can pick something up. Definitely go pick up uh, Savage. And uh, maybe maybe the Batman annual, maybe definitely the Superman annual. Yeah, some good stuff in there. Um, let us know what you thought of last week's number ones by finding us online on Facebook dot com slash groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. That's our Facebook group. We love talking to you. We love arguing with you. It's mm. really fun. Go there. There's a community of like 250 people there now. It's real fun. Absolutely. Join the conversation, y'all. Uh, so normally we do a segment called Flip a Coin for DC or Marvel, um, but I don't think Siobhan read any more DC books because no. Arthur mentioned uh, fifth week. They couldn't have the foresight to plan to have some books come out on the fifth week. Yeah, weird. They're like, no, no, no. It comes out on the first and the third because they're double shipping now. And, mm. and that's the only way it can work now. 
Goddammit, DC. So I only read one DC book, and that was Suicide Squad. So I'm going to talk about that right now. Uh, this is a book that uh, I talk about a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it when you it hate went the it. rebirth, and no, no, I'm just straight up love it. Nice, now. <laughs> nice, that's good. Uh, written by Rob Williams uh, with art by Jim Lee. Um, the the catch with this is uh, the it's only a twelve page story, mm. ongoing story of Suicide Squad. It comes out every second week, and then uh, the the last twelve pages is like a backup, um, which focuses on one of the characters within Suicide Squad. The trick to enjoying this book is not reading the backup and then just like just like tearing through the first 12 pages of the story and they're, they're real silly and Harley Quinn is like, she's not insane anymore and she has to save the Suicide Squad and you know how um, Captain Boomerang was maybe dead? Or like, mm. no, certainly dead a yeah. few issues ago. He's not. His memory has been like sucked into like a computer and he wants to come back. <laughs> It's just a really, really goofy, silly book, which is kind of what Suicide Squad yeah. should be, I guess. It did used to be, you know, a very clever, political, politically charged, globe-trotting espionage book when uh, Ostrando created it. Uh, I really like that, but I know they, they, they've made Suicide Squad into the dumbest movie of 2016, mm. and this is kind of like a, a good version of that stupid movie. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I, when this gets collected in trade, I don't know if you, if you just like these characters or whatever, I actually think this... This series kind of came good. And also, it's so rare to see Jim Lee actually doing interiors these days. Well, he's got one more issue left. And then I think that, that then then it's the fucking Suicide Squad versus Justice League crossover. Oh, for crying out so, loud. So, look forward to us complaining about that next next month, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, one, one more issue of Jim Lee. And I think, I think he's going to take a, take, a, take a long, long sabbatical. Hard-earned break. He drew 24 pages in one month. <laughs> he did it. So over to uh, Marvel. Let's just say that they were tales this week. <laughs> um, do we do it in order of what we loved? Because I, I, Marvel had a pretty good week this yeah, week. Yeah, it was a good week. You know what I really, really loved? And I didn't love the first issue of this, but the second issue was fantastic. Like 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 a really stellar book. The Great Lakes Avengers, which I'm is... I'm so glad you're on board. Detroit, I love this. Detroit-based Avengers. Uh, it's a comedy book. It's written by Zach Gorman with art by Will Robson and colors by Tamara Bonvian. And I love Will Robson. Man. The, the, I feel like I've never seen him draw anything before, but this has just completely sold me on him. He's so, so good. Like, it, 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 the detail... Because normally they put, like, a more of a scratchier style on a comedy book. Mm. And this is, like, really lush, beautiful. Like, you know, I want, I want to see... I mean, he definitely has, like, very cartoony yeah. facial expressions. But I would love to see Will Robson do a, a mainstream Marvel book. I would love to see his iterate, like, an event or, a, you know... Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. I would, I would love to see him do an event that I complain about all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> why would I wish that on anyone? I don't know. But so, yeah, Great Lakes Adventures is, is, a, is about um, a bunch of uh, has-been superheroes that are kind of half-reluctantly making a comeback... Um, after one of them finds out that they own the light, the, the, the rights to the name Avengers, mm. uh, and he gives it back to the original Avengers team uh, under the uh, like under the, under the agreement that that he's allowed to have his own Avengers team, and so they're in Detroit. It's Big Bertha, it's Flatman, Doorman, and then uh, a new character called Good Boy, um, and it's really really funny. Yeah, it's so like fun. laugh out loud funny. Um, there's like strange moments there's uh the characters are just good you want them to succeed there's a um a max lord style figure mm-hmm. in uh she kind of the 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 woman who who bought the rights to the avengers back off of them is mm-hmm. kind of like now owns them and and yeah i don't know if you remember maxwell lord from uh 
Justice League International. Uh, that turned out really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, he, he, he was a good character, like as in like a, a, a morally good character for at least a decade. Mm, yeah, he, absolutely. Before but, he uh, got his neck snapped. But it's really funny. It's really, it's, this is a great series. And I really, I think this is one that if you skipped it during the month that they put out way too many Avengers books, um, this is probably the best Avengers book. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's so fun and you don't like, I don't know, I haven't read the original Great Lakes Avengers books and you really don't need to know anything about them. Um, I really like this new character, this new um, girl, what's her name? Good boy? Good boy. Who is a werewolf, but she's a nerd who loves like slash fiction <laughs> and draws her own sort of um, dirty comics and stuff like that, which... Um, really makes me giggle. And I like Big Bertha. I love all these characters. So yeah, fun. This is great. And this is definitely one of those series that, like, please just go buy it and put it on your standing order because mm. I don't want this to get cancelled. Absolutely. This please is no. co- comedy books uh, are a dime a dozen. And I love, I love so much how many werewolf books we're getting. And Will Robson draws one of, the, like, the funniest, like, cutest, weirdest werewolves I've ever seen. Does a dime a dozen mean it's rare or that it's very common? I feel like it's... Really common. Common. Okay, fuck it. I, it's not a dime a dozen. Yeah. They're hard to come by. Uh, good comedy books. And this is absolutely one. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad I corrected myself, everybody. <laughs> Check uh, it out, guys. Also that came out this week was uh, a farewell to a book that... Uh, another book that I didn't like when it started, but I grew to become one of my favorite favorite books that Marvel put out. And that is the, uh, the final issue of The New Avengers, which is written from the start by Al Ewing who kind of, I'm not sure if the first series he did for Marvel was the Mighty Avengers run, but he basically split up a lot of the characters that he was working with that was a predominantly black superhero cast. And um, some of them went to the Ultimates book that he writes and the others came to the new Avengers. Um, And did you read this, Sean? No, I didn't. I sort of fell off the last couple of issues. You should go back and and read them all in one. Like, this is definitely one that lends itself to trade because there are so many characters in this and everyone is like, you know, it's like a... Like a um, like an Ocean's Eleven of yeah, superhero yeah, yeah, yeah. comics with all these B list, C list um, superheroes kind of teaming up. Uh, basically, uh, Sunspot, Roberto da Costa bought um, Advanced Idea Mechanics, aka AIM, the uh, the yellow costume wearing uh, bad guy team that are, that constantly uh, kind of get killed on mass by Marvel's superheroes. Mm. But he buys AIM and kind of turns it into a force for good. It turns it into Ad- Avengers idea mechanics and uh everything from like deactivated shield robots to um the the ultimates version of reed richards to all these different characters basically are out to get them and uh the next series that uh that al ewing is writing is called usa avengers and uh oh god and it, it, i'm really not looking forward to that just no, from the cover that looks so great what 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 how, how does this not set like big red hulk in star star spangled oh this looks this looks <laughs> so great i don't understand why canadian squirrel girl is on the usa avengers us avengers okay i mean okay all right you got me but uh <laughs> i don't know i'm really looking forward to it al ewing has proven that he can do a completely zany like this is yeah. flashes of of grant morrison level of of like high concept fun it reminds me the series reminded me most of peter david's x factor run mm-hmm. which it was the Good kind point. of book where like if you tried to jump just jump into it it would be f- confusing as hell but if you've been with it and if you know the characters and if you've like been on the whole journey with them it's incredibly rewarding yeah and this is a great farewell issue i really i actually like if you have a moment when it quietens down towards the end of the year please siobhan and everyone listening right now (laughs) read this whole run i I think it's it's a severely underrated title that marvel put out 
Check. I'll check, check it out. Check it out. Uncanny in Humans, number 16 by the aforementioned Charles Sewell. You know what? He does do good work over at Marvel. Uncanny in Humans has been a pretty solid book from start to finish. Um, this one tells the story of uh, one of the newer Inhumans who died in the first run of Uncanny in Humans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That Charles Will wrote. Uh, there's uh, a character. Oran. Uh, uh, Oran. Oran, yeah. Um, she died at the, at, the, at the voice of Black Bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her daughters know an inhuman who called Rita. And whatever he reads, he's, he's blind, but whatever he reads with his fingers comes to life mm. or happens like that's his power he has three reads a day and whatever he reads happens so they basically speak to everyone they know who who, who knew their mother and so they write a version of their mother all of every every thought and memory of their mother that they know that all of her friends know they write down and they get reader to read it and he basically brings back their mother but it's not their mother as as they remember as, as sorry as as she remembers herself it's the it's their mother as everyone remembered her so there's weird holes that she can't make sense of when she comes back and it's all a mess and her man that's a brilliant concept so like cool. that was so cool i really enjoyed this issue and i don't think i've read the last couple in this series um but this was like that was so fun and such a weird idea and the art by um Abby Silver, yeah, which is, is fantastic. Really, really excellent, great. really, really fun. Um, like this is this is the kind of like uh, we all complain about sort of new Inhumans being introduced, and but when you when you tell a really good story with them, it doesn't matter. And this is just a perfect example of that. Yep. And 100%. then she steals because it's like even beyond that. Like I think, man, I'm so impressed that like it's such a cool concept because it goes to the point where like no one really understood Iran's powers when she was there so now she has this bizarre version of her powers which is what everyone else thought which is that she can hear anything and then she manages to steal black bolt's powers which is yeah really cool so the, the, the final panel of this is just black bolt who is wearing his like awesome nightclub suit um going every he's he like suddenly puts his ma- his hand over iran's mouth 
and goes, everyone, get back. She has my voice. Like, that's how you use Black Bolt. Totally. That's, yeah. Really great. clever. Really great. And if this is this is something that they maybe carry on into yeah. the Black Bolt series, like Black Bolt has the ability to, to talk because Oran can steal his voice for periods mm. of time. That's that's an interesting way to use a character. Actually really having clever. speak in his own book. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is a great issue, great series, um, and hopefully it doesn't get too mired into the IVX stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It will. It will. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. my love of this book. <laughs> Black Widow, number eight. One of those great books that is allowed to exist in its own world and never has to cross over with anything. Marvel, why don't you just let all your books do this? Because they're always good when you do. Absolutely. Uh, See the vision this, and this. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wade, Chris Sumney, and Matt Wilson. Uh, Nighthawk, too. That was yeah, a, that six inches of no tie-ins. Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Oh no, that, that had Civil War that time. Tie it in. That was they actually that was a, that was a good time. Anyway, uh, Black Widow uh, is just a just a masterpiece of of comic booking. Absolutely. I mean, oh, I just can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't express how much I love Chris Samney. He's so good. It's like image levels of good though, because I. As this continues, I don't. I kind of have less and less that I want to talk about with it because I don't want to spoil plot points, and it all it is doing is just being fantastic. Absolutely, this is like, um, I mean, it's about like girl child assassins infiltrating the White House to try and kill the vice president, and Black Widow has to stop them while also hiding from Shield while also trying to um, help Shield. Like, it's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. This is going to be. Like, this has to be such an iconic run for Black Widow. Definitely. Um, if you love the character and want to know more about her, you really should go and pick up the first volume, which, coincidentally, is going to be the um, book December book of the month for Queens of Kings. If you're a lady geek in Sydney, come on down, because we will be talking about that on December 20th, I believe. Or December 18th. Whatever the Sunday is. Black Widow, number... Eight, a very bo- good book indeed, with an amazing cover yeah. of, uh, of Black Widow sitting on a, a moon with Nick Fury's senior's face en- engraved into it. And it looks like he might play a part in, uh, in upcoming issues of this book, which so is exciting. Fun. So fun. Guys. Certainly, um, the Winter Soldier does. Bucky's on the, on the cover of the next issue. So that's Sick. fun. That's always a fun relationship to, to uh, talk about. And also that's a great sick. segue to a book that I know you didn't read. Yay! Um, Thunderbolts, number seven, written by Jim Zub with art by um, someone, Isaacs. Uh, we dropped this book after one issue, but uh, I thought I would pick it up because it's now tying into the current Captain America run by Nick oh, Spencer. Okay. Uh, Sean Isaacs uh, on art in this one. Uh it's still kind of like it's a very light comic book. It reads like a '90s image series. Like all all the characters are very '90s remnants. But uh, if you if you are really enjoying the Hydra Cap storyline that Nick Spencer's doing, pick this up for a little bit of a, a tie-in vibe and uh, find out what's going on with that 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 uh, Cosmic Cube girl. Oh, cool. uh, another uh, Marvel book that I read that Siobhan didn't, and for good reason. Ms. Marvel number thirteen. By um, G. Willow Wilson with art by Merka and Dofal. Um, now, this uh, isn't necessarily a bad issue. It is just an extremely badly timed issue. Mm. This is a very on the nose, here is how you vote, young people, oh, big, um, issue of Ms. Marvel. Too um, little, too late, Marvel. It's called Election Day. And at one point, Ms. Marvel like even gives the website in a, in a word balloon <laughs> of, 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 of where you go to vote. Like, it, it's... Uh, 
you know, you can go online and check whether or not you're ready to devote at vote.usa.gov. That's actually dialogue that Ms. Marvel has in this. Um, it's Natural. Not, not necessarily a bad thing, but why didn't this come out a month ago? Yeah. Man, Marvel are just, like, killing the poor timing game at the moment. Everything seems to be coming out. How do you fuck wrong. this up, though? Yeah, I don't know. They, yeah, like... They can't have not known when the election was happening, guys. So in the in in the, in Ms. Marvel's world, the Trump equivalent did not win the title of mayor. So if only if only we lived in that world. Exactly. Uh, did you read the Star Wars annual? I did. I really liked it. Uh, written by Kelly Thompson uh, and art by uh, Emilio Leso. I don't know who Kelly Thompson is. Who's Kelly Thompson? I don't know. Tell me about the plot and I'll look up who Kelly Thompson is. Um, So this is a Princess Leia story where we see Leia um, sort of crash-landed and injured on a planet and being hunted by stormtroopers. And she's been rescued by this really cool, ultra-muscly girl who doesn't believe in the... Like, she doesn't like the Empire, but she doesn't like the Rebels either. And she really doesn't like Princess Leia. Kelly Thompson, who wrote this, wrote Gem and the Holograms. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, oh, did she also write Glory? I feel like she did, which is one of my, like... Writer, Hawkeye, Star Wars, Gem, Misfits, Mega Princess, that's a, that Mega Princess oh, book yeah. that I liked recently, A-Force, Heart in a Box, Story Killer, The Girl Who Would Be King. Why Unfortunately, no Glory. who wrote Glory. Such a good comic. Um, so this is kind of a team-up between two female characters who don't really like each other and they have to work together to save Princess Leia's life. And I really enjoyed this. Joe Keating wrote Glory. There you go. Good um, job, Joe Keating. I thought, in particular, this issue was very... Just nailed... The, like, the dialogue in this issue was excellent. Absolutely. So, so great. Very natural feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... Uh, the art maybe let down some of the action scenes towards the end and it was unclear exactly of what was happening. The underwater scenes were a little confusing, I'll admit. Um, but hey, being underwater it can be confusing. Absolutely. So accurate in there. And I think it, you know, because this isn't an ongoing, this is a one and done annual, I think it wrapped up way too neatly by the end. But those are no fault of the writers, I guess. Yeah. You have to do it the way you got to do it. I sort of think that like it was, it was a sort of easy to wrap up story, you mm-hmm. know, like it was just a... Rescue from a planet, and now this chick is in the like has joined the Rebel Alliance, which is sick. I hope we get to see more of her um, in the Star Wars comics. Yeah, likewise. Um, and Kelly Thompson is definitely on my want to watch uh, writing list because that's a couple of comics by her that I've read and enjoyed now. Mm. Uh, and you know, writing these characters that everyone knows so well from movies and and nailing the dialogue is is difficult. Absolutely, and she nailed it. Good job. Um, I also read as previously stated the totally awesome hulk issue 12 which is um written by greg pack with art by um mahmoud azra who i really really like this is um this is such a fun book it's so full i i love how almost every character is asian american i think that's really sick from amadeus cho to his sister who helps him out on the sort of tech end of things um to a whole bunch of other characters black panther black panther shows He's up asian american asian american black panther okay. um this is i just really i really like this version of the hulk it's all sort of about how his amadeus chose powers for good or bad come from his pride as opposed to um the bruce banner hulk's powers came from his anger um so this is just a very different hulk and a very um interesting way of looking at that the sort of hulk jekyll hyde concept um and i really enjoy it 
this is like uh, Hulk finding a character who feeds off his emotions and so having to sort of work to be calm while also... Hulking out. Hulking out. And then he finds... He finally tracks down and finds Hawkeye and sort of says, I know that you know that I could kill you right now and I like that. I like seeing that fear in your eyes. Um but I'm not going to. And then they just sit down and have a have a coffee and cry about how they miss miss their friend Bruce. Oh. It was nice. What like, an unceremonious death poor old Bruce had. I know. Like, it's the Hulk. And he just gets shot yeah. through the eye. So Ho- dumb. Hopefully Tony Stark will die the same way. <sighs> just, yeah. Imagine if, imagine if Hawkeye kills Tony Stark too. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> That'd be sick. <laughs> and Hawkeye just kills all the Marvel heroes. Hawkeye uh, kills the Marvel Universe. That actually, that actually exists. Yeah, I'm sure it does. It's actually pretty good. It's like a zombie apocalypse book. Hawkeye kills everyone. Um, oh thinking of Deadpool kills Marvel Universe? No, it's sorry. It, it started out as it was uh, first. It was the Punisher kills, and then it was the Wolverine kills, and then it was the Avengers kill the Marvel right. Universe. But Hawkeye plays a big role in it. Right, right. Cool story, guys. Nice. Uh, over to Image now. This is a great week for Image. Oh, a lot yeah. of uh, our favorite Image books came out, and uh, there were a, f- a couple of duds. But let's start with a book that I thought was a dud at one point. I was mm. ready to drop this forever and say, "Big on you." monthly issue of misery we felt so disappointed by the end of that last story arc because it just turned into such a miserable slog with such an unsatisfying end definitely we're talking about deadly class by rick remender and wes craig um i mean wes craig is always flawless flawless always um this is this used to be a very grim book Mm. i mean it is it is about a bunch of teenagers at a school for assassins so the grimness is going to be a part of it but it was so unrelentingly dire mm. uh, from the point of view of the main character Marcus um, and uh, now that we have a new year a new a new group of students the is, next generation like Degrassi this is a this is a straight up comedy issue yeah it's the so ca- fun characters guys. are so likable it has a like a, a four or five or six page long fart joke and a poo joke earlier before yeah, that yeah amazing uh, the fart joke in particular is like masterful yeah cartooning really really great. funny yeah and especially because this um this series, I mean, I can't really, I felt like the previous series wasn't, it didn't feel like it was set in a specific time period, whereas this is firmly set in the 80s from like the You didn't feel that? It was very, I mean, mostly, mostly it was set in the 80s through musical references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, but this and is Red like... And Reagan. Reagan yeah. f- featured very heavily. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but this like everyone's, the the outfits, the, um, <laughs> like the, the, the two... German characters, the KGB guy versus the Russian. Oh, Russian. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Russian versus a German. Yeah, yeah. Um, so fun. Yeah, definitely. The German guy's so rad. I know. He's just like this big metalhead, Dungeons and Dragons weird blonde guy who dresses up as Thor for Halloween. Amazing. Is that Halloween or is it just a general kind of night? I think it's Halloween. Um, and uh, the 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 new character, the, the Christian girl from, yeah. from Africa, is a really really complex and different character to anyone that we've seen in this world so far. And then you do have like a few characters from last year still around. Um, Saya, Saya, mostly. Yeah. And then some of the bad guys too. Uh, this is just like it. Rick Remender, like no other writer, loves juggling his books around so that I far prefer one over the others. Consider dropping one of them. Mm. Like you know, let the other ones pile up binge them all realize oh my god what have i been missing out on mm. like he's it's so weird no I, I, I he's so it's different to the hickman jonathan hickman has a habit of like you know it, it takes you 10 issues to actually get to the point of a story whereas remender just does has these like you know big bold 
status quo changes or, you know, like a character you really like will suddenly die and you're like, oh, the character, this series is over now, right? Mm. And then suddenly he, you know, brings up something incredible from, from, from the burning wreck that he left. Yeah. The issue prior. Yeah. And this is like a, a prime example. It's probably the, like the most incredible example of him doing that. Absolutely. Agreed. This is such like such a fun read and it has like serious themes and serious elements to it. Death, but overall, death. heaps of death. Death coming out the wazoo. But um, mostly it's just like a heaps fun read about unlikely friends. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's really good. I really like it. It would make a good show. Absolutely. But uh, a better comic. Yes, Absolutely. Um, also from Rick Remender at Image this week was Seven to Eternity, Issue 3. Uh, as I said earlier, when I was talking about a bunch of toys fighting each other in the Revolution books, what the fuck's going on in this book? <laughs> this, one, this one makes a lot more sense than the Revolution book, hilariously. Yeah. But this is uh, Rick Remender and Jerome Opeña's uh, big fantasy epic um, involving uh, demon, mud demons and a family, the like the father of a family trying to save his family by hearing the offer of a demon who betrayed his ancestors. Yeah. Am I kind of nailing it? I don't know. The- it's, a, it's a complicated story, and to be honest, I was a bit confused by this issue because I can't remember. I wish it had more of a... Does it have a recap page? Yeah, it did, but I was still confused. <laughs> the recap page is an entire page of... Of, uh, of text. Of text. Um, but it's engaging enough, and it's a, it's a bizarre universe. And what, like... I, what I thought was going to be the original story arc is now a much smaller part of the story. Which is and now what it's, Remender excels at. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's great at pulling the carpet out from under you and delivering something that you weren't expecting. And so this is now almost a road trip comic between mm. a, like a band ma- of unlikely like rebels. a Magnificent Seven road trip yeah, comic. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's um, in the fantasy world. And, I mean, Jerome Opinion is so good. Yeah, the art's fantastic and him drawing all these wild purple-skinned magic beings and crazy light creatures it's there's a lot of cool stuff going on here from a visual point of view uh some of the the fantasy and magic language uh just i don't i don't absorb any of the weird names they give things but uh that's you know that's part of the course of these kind of comics absolutely but i i really enjoy it i think i think part of remender's problem is that sometimes he's like he's so clever like some of the dialogue that he writes is really smart and interesting and engaging I find and sometimes he'll say he'll he'll hit on something that's just really like poignant or really apt or some says something really big about the universe like I remember like the last issue of Tokyo Ghost blew me away because it was such a bizarre stupid comic and then had such a beautiful message at the end um, and I think this is the, one of those was the message ones. like don't use your phone no <laughs> it was just like it was just, <laughs> the message at the end of it was we all forget that really you're only ever going to matter to a small group of people around you and that's what matters and we should all stop trying to be famous in our own worlds. Um, and I thought that was really nice and really beautiful. Um, and I think I, I, I'm super on board with this. Yeah, I think, and I'm I'm confused, I've, I've, I've learned my lesson. I'm not, I'm not going to drop a Remender book ever again <laughs> because he, he, he turns famous it around. He turns it around. I, I, he loses me when he gets too angsty. But yeah. he's only ever angsty for one arc, and then he yeah. gets all light and happy after that. Mm, That's worth sticking around for. I need to go back and read Tokyo Ghost on that note because I dropped yeah. it after one issue. It's weird. Silly but Billy. Fun. Um, our favorite comic that's impossible to review properly without spoiling the incredible twists and turns of every single chapter is uh, Chapter 40, Issue 40 of Saga by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan. I mean, you don't really need us to recommend this if you're not reading Saga. What are you? What are you doing? Go read it. It's the best comic book. Everyone knows it's the best comic book. Fiona Staples is amazing. Brian K. Vaughan is 
like a legend. I know a lot of people have a problem with uh, cliffhangers at the end of comics. I, for one, love them. Uh, and <laughs> Brian K. Vaughan is the master of them, and this is one Absolutely. of the best we've been given in a long while. Yeah, this was a crazy issue. And pretty, like... Because, I mean, it doesn't get dark very often in Saga, but this the end was really disconcerting. I, what are you talking about? It gets dark constantly. I guess, I guess. <laughs> it's one of its, one of its defining features. <laughs> um, but, I mean, really, really brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the robot... Um, Prince, Prince Robot's Prince arc Robot is, is yeah it, unbelievable. Like what a what a what a like what a character to have developed, and the concept because um the the robots all have television de- television screens for faces, and so when he's sleeping, the kids go in and watch his dreams, and his dreams are awful and yeah. horrible and messed up and weird, and it's this horrible look into his subconscious, and it's so brilliant. Oh man! Read Saga. Buy Saga for all your loved ones. Staples are so amazing. She's so incredible. Everything she does, like there's a in this, there's a planet that's a huge baby. Not to give anything away, but there's a huge space baby. What's that about? We're going to find out so much. (laughs) How many issues do you think Saga is going to run for? I don't know. I feel like he generally. I mean, how long did um, Why the Last Man run? About seventy, seventy something. Sixty issues. I feel like it's going to be a similar length. And then. Ex Machina was 50 issues, I think. Yeah. I feel like Saga still has a while to go, though. Yeah, they seem so far from the end. Mm. Um, another ongoing book over Image, uh, it starts with the S, um, is one word, uh, but no one reads it. I, I, I don't, if, you read it, if you read this book, let me know. Serious issues at kingscomics.com. I need someone to talk about this with, because Siobhan, in, in spite of me asking her to read it constantly, does not read Sex, uh, which is a comic book by Joe Casey and uh, Peter Kowalski. Um, this is a masterful balancing of so many characters and it's just a crazy ongoing story that's kind of about business, kind of about sex, kind of about superheroes, kind of about like secrets that we keep from our peers. Um, there is so, so much going on in this comic and every issue just kind of, it's, it's similar to The Walking Dead and then it will just kind of give you like three pages where you catch up with certain characters and then you don't really see the rest of them until next issue. Mm-hmm. But it's so satisfying what little glimpses they give you. And he's pushing so many stories forward with this. Everyone's lives are intertwining. It's, it's great. This is, it's such an under-read comic. It's impressive that it's run for as long as it has. I mean, what, what issue is it up to? 30-something? 30 33. Like, um, and it's always nice when someone gets an opportunity to really run right in a universe that they've created especially with something like superheroes where you know it's not bound by editorial yeah stuff but like you know joe casey who writes the book has you know a long history of comics and i think now is like one of the writers on ben 10 uh, from cartoon network so i think the image being the setup where like you basically you pay for the production of the comic it's not reliant on numbers mm. doing well i i really think this is just gonna he's gonna tell the entire story and awesome. he's you know he's such a he's such a character joe casey um, you know, he has so many crazy opinions about superheroes, about comics, and and he he will tell you them constantly nice. in the, in the backups in these in these books. But uh, if you are looking for a new a new image series to pick up that's well into its run, uh, Sex is is comes highly recommended. They inevitably will do massive sales over Christmas where they put mm. like fifty percent off the entire digital run or whatever. All you know trades, um, the, the, all the image trades are, are super cheap. So, um, yeah, please, someone read Sex so we can talk <laughs> about it. I need someone to talk about... Let's talk about sex. Um, serious issues. Listeners, let's talk about... <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> uh, 
another image book starts with S. It's two words, Surgeon X. Um, I, also ends in X. This is uh, one of the books with the most famous editors in comics working on it, Karen Berger, who oh. uh, was formerly of Vertigo. Um, but it feels like the least edited comic that I read month to month uh, yeah. in that like stupidly huge amounts of uh, dialogue aren't trimmed down. And in this one, like weirdly borderline racist kind of uh, and strange tokenistic yeah, it's just in- very- <laughs> references to it. To uh, Indian culture, or in- like any one of a any one of a um, non sort of Caucasian ethnicity is very broad, like and very clear about their ethnicity in a sort of weird way. Like the Japanese character references being Japanese a lot, and the Indian characters talk about chutney and shit like that. Like it's this Indian character says, "Family is a bit like a good curry sometimes, a mix that can burn and delight in equal measures." No one would ever fucking say that. <laughs> So stupid, and I, and I like you know, whatever. I try it's, not to be I'm, offended by silly things, but like I just thought that was just just lazy. Yeah, and I'm disappointed because I really loved this concept because I'm totally like a fuck big farmer conspiracy theorist, um, and this seemed to like play into that wheelhouse exactly. But it's just not. I feel like it's not following through on that promise. No, um, and it's now just this really convoluted story about. Family and medical operation <laughs> procedures, and I don't even know. I don't understand it. Just, I, w- I wanted to support it. I love what I love Karen Berger's um, legacy. I, Sarah Kenny, the writer, is a very, very new writer with like a hundred followers on Twitter, uh, and I, w- I want to support this. But I, I'm dropping it off after this book. Oh, I didn't, I'm I didn't, sorry to hear didn't that. Like this issue. Are you gonna stick with it? No. Cool. Um, so I read two more image comics, which you looks like you didn't read. Uh, first is Romulus issue two of Romulus. Um, this is a sort of secret society werewolf kind of thing, um, written by Brian Hill with art by Nelson Blake the second, um, who is ext- they are both extremely good. I've never heard of either of them before. Um, and this is but this is such a fun comic, and it's one of um, I mean I. I, I'm gonna. I'm really excited when um, the day comes when I no longer say this, but it's genuinely such a such a treat to read a comic that um, has almost no men in it, no male <laughs> characters. It's so fun. It's so fun that this is a straight up action comic, and the hero is a woman, and then there's an evil sort of um, political leader character who is also a woman, and then there's a pop star who is also a woman, and there's like. It's it's so fun, so fun to read. Um, if you like sort of Buffy and things like that, I would recommend this because I think it has um, v- sort of vibes of that. But if you just like cool, fun, secret society um, kind of comics, this is really fun. Like, I mean, the last line in this ends with our lead character saying, fine, I'll join the fucking Illuminati. <laughs> Who the Illuminati is now one woman sick. Um, <laughs> I, I really like this comic. It's really fun and it's so interesting because I reading it you would really think that a woman wrote it. I know you're right. Um, I feel like all the characters ring really true and it's fun because in the back you kind of get to read a bit of the manifesto of this um, political character and her book is called The Bitch Delusion and it's a bit it's a bit. Um, I mean I'm interested to see where it goes because the most sort of hardcore feminist character is the villain of the piece, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I, I really enjoy this. I think it's good fun. Who's it by again? 
Brian Hill or something Brian like Hill, that? yeah, right. Because how did I not read the first issue? Did, did, it, did no, it come no. out before we started the podcast or something? No, or? no, 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 no. This came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, right. I don't know well, how like I missed it. Or so um, yeah, I oh, really no, I read this. Yep, I did. I just, sorry, we read his comics. I forgot about it. Yeah, it's so easy to forget. Um, I'll, I'll, stuff. Tr- I'll, I'll, read, I'll read issue two of this one. Yeah, it's really good fun. Um, and I also read issue eight of um, Marjorie, Marjorie Lou and Sana Takeda's Monstrous, um, which is... You, were you laughing at how I pronounced Marjorie Lou just then, Jim? How dare you? Um, so this is another very, very female book. This is a sort of um, set in a fantasy matriarchal society where there are sort of half-human, half-animal characters called Arcanics. Um, and our main character is a is an Arcanic who doesn't have any outward manifestations of being an animal. So she's kind of treated poorly, but then she's been infected by this kind of scary monster who occasionally takes over and has to eat flesh and it's it's at a point now where this story is extremely um for only eight issues in it's very involved and it's very hard to explain what's going on now but it is completely brilliant i really really love it and you can get the first volume in trade now and i really highly recommend it because this is some incredible art you know where the the main character is now on a pirate ship and all the pirates are kind of these sick like half shark women and half um tiger women and stuff like that and it's yeah incredibly clever and incredibly heart-wrenching all the time yeah i gotta, I I, I gotta pick up the first trade of this and catch up yeah it's, it's one, really of the, one of those comics that comes out every month i'm like oh well, i haven't read that yet yeah I need, totally. to, I need to do it heaps worth reading so that's our image reviews now over to uh our favorite publisher overall <laughs> <laughs> archie um Especially when they're putting out either Jughead or Archie or Afterlife with Archie or the Sabrina comic. They're the best yeah, ones. They're the best ones. Um, Ryan North and Derek Charms run continues with issue 11 of Jughead. Um, this one guest starring Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, again, another incredible comedy comic written by one of the best writers of the year, Ryan North, just smashing it in every single thing he does. Um, it's an important point, though, that if you don't like Ryan North's writing style, and I can understand there will be people out there who don't because it's very... Good. <laughs> no, it's very, like, um, wordy and his... A lot, like, a lot of his comics read the same. Do you know what I mean? And if you like his style, that's brilliant. But if you don't, you probably won't enjoy this. Yep. Uh, so, Sabrina, it's a really, really sweet issue um, mm. where it tells gives you some background of what Sabrina's like in, in the new version of Archie, um, you know, and how difficult it is to her for her to, you know, use magic surrounded by people that she can't reveal that she's a witch to. Mm-hmm. At one point, um, she... So, so just so she can tell someone all about her, 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 her history, um, she casts a spell on Jughead. So, whenever... Um, Whenever I say witch, you'll hear cool teen and burgers instead of magics, what you'll glean. So whenever she says witch, he say, he hears cool teen. And whenever she says magic, he hears burgers. Um, and uh, when, when she tells him, Jughead says, oh, that's fine. I love cool teens and or burgers. And, like, tells and then he says at the end, after she's gone through and explained all of her problems and how she's had to move out from her aunt's house because she wanted to prove that she could do things by herself. He says, Sabrina, I will say this. You put an awful lot of stock in being a cool teen, solving all your problems, and your home life sounds extremely complicated and delicious. <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah, really, really funny issue. Great series. Um, and also, I, we, we talk about Ryan North all the time, but uh, Derek, Derek Charm, Charm is currently my favourite artist working on any of the Archie books at the moment. I hope he sticks around. Absolutely. And man, it I'm... 
I say this every single time an Archie comic comes out, but it's so nice to me that people are being exposed to classic Archie comics um, in the backup uh, strips that they put in, and the backup in this is a really, really funny classic Jughead um, with by Frank Doyle with um, one of my all-time favorite Archie artists, Harry Lucy, who's such a brilliant um, physical comedy kind of cartoonist. If you do pick up this uh, issue, make sure you don't get the Joe Eisner variant cover. Um, which features a very, very bizarre... Oh, yeah. Um, uh, ...guffaw. Weird misprint <laughs> where it looks like Sabrina has a little penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you want... Always funny when that happens. If you want a cover of Sabrina, the little, the little penis witch, <laughs> um, get the Joe Eisma variant. <laughs> uh, we get a new Archie book next week. Which yeah. We'll talk about that after, the, after the, we, our reviews, but there's a Reggie book. I know. I've never, I've never read just a straight-up Reggie comic. It's going to be weird. Uh, have you ever read a comic about um, what would happen if you were the guy from Nirvana who wasn't either dead or in for the Foo Fighters, um, <laughs> who's addicted to heroin, but every time you play a song, one of your old songs on guitar, you get taken back and you potentially have the chance to save Kurt Cobain's life? Uh, no. I mean, I read the first issue, but then I stopped reading the rest of it. Skip to the end, <laughs> number three, through Heavy Metal, uh, tells exactly that. And it's weirdly compelling. Hmm. Um, it, it contains more dumb errors in word balloons than I've, in any other comic I've ever read. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a weird story about addiction and, 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 you know, living up to the potential that you had in your past. Uh, it's, it's unlike anything else I'm reading. Um, mm, it's, a, it's a weird concept. And it's weird how many comics have come out about Kurt Cobain recently. What What's else that about? There was a comic called Who, Who Killed Kurt Cobain that's out in um, hardcover right now. And this one. And I feel like there's one. Well, more. this one isn't actually about Nirvana. This is what's his band called? Like Pamara or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Samsara. Oh that's yeah, absolutely. Samsara, um, and and it's not Kurt. It's Kirk. <laughs> Very different. Very subtle. Yeah, look, if if you uh, like Nirvana or you li- would rather read a a kind of comic that's about music and bands and and drugs, uh, skip to the end. It's a it's a pretty cool series. Very mm, different. Interesting. Uh, what do you want to talk about next, Yvonne? Oh, should we talk about Peepland? Yeah, because uh, I don't want to talk about Wolfkopf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Peepland number two uh, by Christopher Faust, um, Gary Phillips, and Andrea Camerini, part of uh, Titan Comics' Hard Case Crime uh, imprint. Uh, this is about a um, seedy underground of uh, of peep shows and, and VHS tapes. Uh, I got lost in this story and don't really enjoy the characters that much in it, so I, I, I'm not going to stick with this series. Yeah, like, I mean, it's a fairly, like, gritty... Grindy. Grimehouse, grindhouse sort of comic. Um, and there's an element to which some of the characters seem like characters we've seen before, um, but I, I quite enjoy this. I quite like grindhouse stuff. Um, I think that it's very interesting because it's... Uh, mostly about sex workers and told through their perspective, which is something that we don't generally see in um, comics. You know, usually it's definitely not from the perspective of sex workers. Um, and it's it's a bit maybe intense for the sake of being intense, but it's it's there's an interesting essay in the back by Krista uh, Faust, Faust, whatever, the um, author who worked as a sex worker, and this is kind of her trying to encapsulate her memories of that time in New York before it um, before it all changed. I, I, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, I should this. have read this backup. This backup's great. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting and it gives a different perspective to the book. Um, but I like it. 
I'm going to keep reading this. It's it is intense and it's there's a lot of boobs in it and there's a lot of swearing and there's a lot of intense moments, but um, I quite enjoy it. I have to say. Uh, I, I, I skipped the second issue of Trigger Man, which is another hard case crime book. And then there's third issue yeah, that comes out this week. I might try and catch up on that. I do like crime comics, but these yeah. these I mean the only thing I don't really like is the excessiveness of you know the grindy part of a grindhouse yeah, in totally. these books. They're both <laughs> yeah, like you know. Speaking of wanton prostitution, oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Wolf Cop number two. Uh, so this <laughs> little wo- brothel of horrors is the um. <laughs> so based on a uh, very you know tongue in cheek grindhouse kind of uh, movie called Wolf Cop came out a few years ago. The issue one of this was famously reviewed by our guest host uh, Nick Mason, who mm. hated hated this comic, and uh, people still tweeted him to this day about Wolf Cop, <laughs> including us uh, at serious underscore underscore issues. Uh, if you want to see me scanning the worst screenshots from this piece of shit comic to Nick Mason, go <laughs> over there. <laughs> uh, do you like this? It's like it's. A, it, you, I still turn the pages, but it's it's. Yeah. It is high trash. It is. It is like. Yeah, like it's a full trash comic, but that's kind of nice sometimes, just to read something just that's complete trash. So he's a he's a cop who is a werewolf, also a wolf. and like Popeye needs spinach, he needs booze to be extra powerful. So that's the kind of extreme like, macho bullshit you were signing up for with this comic. And uh, yeah, he also takes on a uh, harem of, uh, of bikini-clad... Um, sexy zombies. Sexy, sexy vampire zombies. Um, and there's They're a, sexy zombies led by a sexy vampire. And then there's a flaming skeleton that they fight at one point, and he somehow rips the skeleton's heart out. With his with his werewolf cop powers, uh, cool stuff, guys. Very highbrow. <laughs> uh, just a, a, yeah, a like I don't really, <laughs> I don't really have anything else to say about it. It's very clearly not for me, but I read it. Yeah, I read the whole thing. It's called Wolf Cop, and there is a wolf who is a cop in there. What more do you want, readers? Titties. Uh, well, last thing I read is uh, the latest uh, issue of Image Plus, which is their kind of previews magazine for everything coming out of Image. I highly recommend this. There's exclusive stuff from Brandon Graham this month. Um, like in every issue, Brandon Graham does like the, the first page. It's this fun little kind of mm. diary style comic. Um, there are great little articles and features on comic book stores in America. Uh, this one gives us uh, new previews of uh, Greg Rucker's new stuff with... Um, uh, Leandro Fernandez and uh, most excitingly it gives us a little preview of Black History in its own words which is a new art book by uh, Ronald Wimberley which features uh, different important figures uh, black figures in, in, in America um, and kind of like has like a, a quote that they're famous for and a, and a great drawing um, it's, I mean Ronald Wimberley is one of our faves here um, he's, one and of the, so he's one of the greats and I'm excited that um image are gonna actually be because this was something he originally did i think for the nib which um man guys go over to the nib because there's heaps of amazing free comics over there yeah um uh, but it's cool that image are actually going to be printing that in a nice big art book edition definitely. which i will definitely be purchasing <laughs> uh so yeah image and and you get like a little backup comic at the end of uh which is exploring the um, origin story of negan from the walking dead yeah. which is actually really good uh, so yeah, it, I know previews magazines are mostly just you know advertising things to you to buy in the future, but this is a, a really well put together and, and thoughtful one that mm. uh, I'm, I'm I'm proud to own every issue of. Good job, Image. Image is just fucking killing it. Yeah, and if they uh, if they have many many comics that you would like to say which of your favorite is, <laughs> uh, you can do that in the first ever Serious Issues Awards for 2016. We're really pushing it this week and next because on the 15th of December we're going to. 
announce the winners of our favorite of, of Serious Issues listeners' uh, favorite series, favorite writer, favorite artist, mm-hmm. uh, favorite event, favorite Serious Issues hosts. All the big awards are going to be announced um, at our first ever live episode, which is 15th of December at Hudson Ballroom in Sydney. 8 p.m. Um, 8 p.m. Uh, and not only are we doing a live episode, there's also going to be uh, short boxes full of comics, uh, cheap, cheap comics, old and new, uh, lining the walls of Hudson Ballroom. So it's an, it, it's an opportunity for you to come and hang out with people that read comic books, have a couple of drinks, pour through some old back issues and uh, listen. Pick yourself up a Christmas present. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and listen to me and Siobhan rant to you on stage. Uh, I'm DJing as well as Nacho Pop. It's going to be a really fun evening. It only costs $5 to get in. Uh, it's it's a, it's it's it, you'd be crazy not to come. You would be crazy, <laughs> certified crazy. We will institutionalize you if you do not come. Uh, so uh, you can find tickets on Moshticks, or you, the easiest way to find all the info for this and uh, your chance to vote in the Serious Issues Awards is just to go to our Facebook page. There's a pin post with both uh, of those things at the top of the page. Facebook.com/slash Serious Issues Podcast. Again, join the discussion at fairy, Serious Issues. Sorry, Facebook.com/slash Serious slash Groups slash Serious Issues Podcast. <sighs> it's, hard, it's hard to say all these things. Serious issues at kingscomics.com. Email at Twitter, twitter.com slash serious underscore underscore issues. Siobhan is at Siobhan CBG. I'm at Levdog, L E V D A W G. And uh, finally, if you like the show, let us know. Go on iTunes, search Serious Issues, and uh, leave us a lovely review. Uh, we hope we meet a lot of you at our live episode. We can't wait to uh, to talk to. All the, all the listeners that we've gained in the short time we've been podcasting. Hmm. Yeah, it's so nice, guys. It's such a nice community. Also, if any of you ever see me in the store, please come up and say hello. It'd be lovely to meet um, some of you face-to-face. Um, the only thing is, if you talk to um, Siobhan, you have to wrap up the conversation with Stay Serious, her, her famous catchphrase. My, my personal favorite catchphrase. Um, so this week, there are way more comics coming out than, than, than last week. Um, some notable ones, uh, the brand new Boombox mixtape compilation comic, which is a great anthology of, uh, of Boom creators. Um, mm-hmm. You will get, get a mix of all ages and other stuff in there. It's lots of great fun series that often get turned into fully-fledged series um, throughout next year, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend getting that. The second issue of Dead Man Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, Woo! which we loved, uh, written by the guy who did Alex and Ada. Um, a really great Dead Man book um, in prestige format mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a beautiful artwork too we've got the new number one from image um, motor crush sick who's the creative team on that again the Batgirl um, guys yeah it's the if you like Batgirl of burnside so if you like babs tar and brendan, brendan fletcher, fletcher and cameron stewart i don't know if cameron stewart's involved in this okay but either way kelly's gonna someone? be sick i'm fucking it up, yeah, <laughs> up. motor crush number one I read, I read a preview of it it's really really fun yeah Really good, guys. Get this Check one up. Um, there's also a brand new Nova series starting, oh, um, wow. which teams up the young Sam Nova and the older Richard Nova. Cool. Which is going to be fun. Um, and another Marvel series, Star Wars, uh, Dr. Afra, which is the character that Kieran oh, Gillen created yeah, yeah, yeah. in his Darth Vader run. She gets her own series, which is pretty exciting for them to do uh, a series based on a character that they created in the comics, not from the movies. Mm. Um Wonder Woman has two big uh, releases this week. We have the hardcover edition of Legend of Wonder Woman, which is an ongoing series that I did not get to read one single issue of because I missed the first ones. I wanted to read it all as a whole. It is brilliant, guys. I can't wait to go in on that. And uh, also we get the first issue of Wonder Woman 77 teaming up with Bionic, Bionic Woman. So I don't know if I'm going to read that one. I don't really care about that. I'll probably, just read, the, probably <laughs> just read the hardcover. A couple of things I'm excited about. Um, 
Arclight, Marianne Churchland's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comic over at Image, um, is finally back with issue three. That's really cool. There's also um, a new release of the classic Barbarella comic, which has been um, ad- uh, adapted by Kelly Sue DeConnick. So I'm really interested to read that. Um, also, Odyssey, Matt Fraction's bizarre feminist retelling of Homer's Odyssey is finally out. The volume one is finally out in hardcover. Um, It's one of like the trippiest, weirdest, most bizarre comics out there, but I love it and I'm so excited. It's finally out in hardcover because I hopefully it'll get a bigger audience. Rad. So those are the things that we recommend you read this week. Let us know what uh, what you're looking forward to reading uh, by going to all those links that I exhaustingly told you earlier. <laughs> uh, you can find us next week, every single Monday, a brand new issue, episode of Series Hitches comes out. And uh, we look forward to you listening to us again, like we say every single week, especially if you come visit us in the store. Stay serious, guys. Stay serious. <laughs> Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.